This is I Like People, Episode 2. My name is Maxime, and I like people. And music. Last time, we attempted to save ourselves from our own time-traveling artificial intelligence overlords by recording a podcast about humanity. However, it's possible that Episode 1 was only a gateway to the true reason we have been spared so far, since we have no way of knowing what will appease them. When do we stop? Now that we've begun, will it ever be safe to stop recording episodes of this podcast? It's April 28th, 2018, and today we'll ask Janie of a rural community our seven questions to save humanity and review another song that evokes feelings. Black for him 
yeah. What's your name? Oops, sorry. No, oh, that's quite alright. Let's try again. Dun dun. <laughs> What's your name? Janie. Are you human? I think so. How do you identify? Uh, how do I identify what? That's a great question. Thanks. Um, basically, like some people say, well, I consider myself uh, a woman. Okay. I am a, uh, let's see, a bisexual woman, kind of a, let's see, I was raised Jewish and I still keep some traditions, but not religion. And I have studied witchcraft and am part of a women's circle That's of awesome. other people who've studied witchcraft. But we make it up as we go along. So I am so curious about witchcraft. Um, <laughs> can you do you want to say anything more about that aspect? <sighs> Let's see. Well, the basic creed is um, do what you will and it harm none. So that's basically it. Okay, I think I've heard some of that before. I think it was actually written on the back of an XTC album. <laughs> okay. Um, and what is your criteria for interacting with Earth's resources? Formulating these questions. Uh -huh. How would you ask that for the third question better? Like, how do you identify would be maybe more like, how would you describe yourself? Maybe that's better. Maybe how would you describe yourself? How would you describe yeah. Okay, and then what is your criteria for interacting with Earth's resources might be better phrased. Uh... Yeah, I think you want to you want to ask more like um, it's like that's kind of a leading question, but I guess you want to do that or um, if you don't, then maybe say more like um, uh, how do you see yourself interacting with the Earth's resources, or, yeah. or something How do you like. See yourself interacting with I the Earth. Know. With the Earth. Okay. There you go. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> I see you're just formulating this, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Where were we? Um, oh yeah. Okay. How about this? The what, are, what are your guidelines for for <laughs> for using? What restrictions do you put on yourself to use Earth's resources? You know that kind of thing. Okay. Well, I try my best to uh, buy stuff in bulk so that I don't have to get all the packaging and stuff. Find, buy, find friends who grow food organically. Yeah. Avoid corporate food as much as possible. And what would you consider corporate food? Um, I guess food packaged by companies that... I'm sorry for bringing that bag of chips if that was like... Oh, no, that's... <laughs> it's all right. I'm also, I'm not a purist. So, uh -huh. you know, I'm not like... Okay. I don't get terribly upset because okay. I'm not perfect either. No, no. So, but would it have been better uh, for me to like have made like some corn chips, for example, right? Well, I don't know if I'd go that far. Okay. Yeah, of course it would, but... Um, you know, like I try to buy stuff in bulk at the co-op and they have corn chips in bulk at the co-op, you know, yeah, things yeah. like that. So, because that uses less of the Earth's resources. So, mm -hmm. using less of the re Earth's non-renewable resources, for sure. Okay. okay, got it. <laughs> and so, you know, as much as financially possible, 
for myself and so sometimes I'll, I'll make a choice that maybe isn't you know the best but it's just what I could do mm. what would you um, consider an example of that well, like if I'm on the if I'm traveling or something, okay, and yeah. I don't have access to the same known stores that I usually go to to buy things, Got and it, yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm I'm not growing food on the road, you know, yeah, right. things no, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some stuff is pretty obvious, but we have gray water, of course, yeah. and we use the better soap dish soap and stuff so oh, that yeah. won't pollute the ground and oh. the groundwater which eventually becomes our well water so we don't want to you know yeah pollute that stuff so um yeah i so, noticed that your power is like solar and so right. you're off grid right totally yeah and you know that's something it was out of necessity because there is there are no power lines on our road but that was one of the criteria that we used to find a place <clears throat> to buy was that it needed to have phone service. But because at the time that was back wow. in the 80s. So you this know. phone works. That's yeah. connected to the telephone. That's line. actually oh. a landline. Yes. Which means that if power goes out. Oh, wait, you don't have to worry no, about that. Don't have to worry about that. That's right. And also, yeah. It, uh, well, the answering machine, if we had a power outage, which oh, we never right. do because we have solar power. Right. And we always, you know, unless our batteries go totally dead. So we are a little bit tied to that technology. For those who no longer have a landline, by the way, um, <laughs> landlines have their own power. So that's what. Right. It comes through, the, actually, the wires. So if any phone company millennials wires. are listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a, one of those old-fashioned answering machines over there. Those are awesome. Yeah. Have you heard of uh, They Might Be Giants? Yes. They have a dial-a-song. And it's oh. just an answering machine. You just call this number, and then they play whatever song is on their answering machine, and then it just goes, and you can leave a message. Well, could you give me the number? <laughs> I'll look it up. Anyway, we we didn't need power right. on the land, but we just needed phone line because ah. we wanted the communication to be there. Yeah. Because that was we bought it in the age before cell phones were totally ubiquitous. Yes. So, yeah. Um, it, so now do you have a cell phone? I do, actually. Is my, the reception all right out here? It's great. Okay. You know, Not all of them are. Like, I think they have AT&T or Sprint or something, and that doesn't do well out here. But I have... I forgot. Yeah. It's my daughter's. <laughs> I share one with her. Uh, to be clear, we are in Northern California. Yes. And uh, it's at a community. So the next question is... Well, and just take it however you want. Uh, but the question is, what does community mean to you? Community means, to me, means uh, sharing of lives with other people. You know, communicating, uh, doing things together, eating together, raising kids together. Wonderful. And you have Having fun that. together. You've yeah. done all those things, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, you raised your kids here. Mm -hmm. You were homeschooling them as well. Yes. Do you want to say anything about how that went? You know, why you think that's a good, like, why you made that decision? Basically, uh, okay, this is kind of goes back to another question right near the beginning of how I define myself. But I really didn't want to give my kids over to the state. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So, yeah. 
once you go to school, you're just kind of regimented. You yeah. have to do certain things a certain way. I just didn't want to give up that control, really. To raise my kids the way I wanted to. So, yeah, and the influence, and I wanted to not have some of the influences of the outside world uh, come in right away, at least. You know, once they were, you know, young preteens and teenagers, I felt like they were capable of interacting with whatever and whoever and they already have their own sense of themselves and a good background and they could take that out and do what they want but you know those formative years (laughs) i didn't want to give up that and what kind of conditions here would you say was different from like raising them in san francisco for example Hmm. in some ways i'm sorry about not having them in San Francisco specifically because of the diversity of people in San Francisco. Huh. Whereas out here, it's just a lot of white folks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there there are a few minorities, you know, but very few. Mm-hmm. And so, luckily, I have very good friends in San Francisco, and we would go down regularly with the with the girls, and you know see the rest of the world (laughs) basically but okay the things that were wonderful about being out here were um just like raising kids in the woods my daughter was barefoot her whole life in fact even when she went off to pennsylvania for college she was barefoot all the time and then like one day she uh she washed her hair before going to school and she went outside her dorm, her, she was in an uh, off-campus dorm. She walked outside and her hair froze. And she said, oh, I think it's a shoe day today. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm just happy about little things like that, you know, that she could run around barefoot. And same thing with, you know, the choice of homeschooling. You know, she actually had to fight a little bit for her right to be a barefoot in town and I didn't really like her being barefoot on you know in the town and stuff but um yeah and then the teachers didn't want her to be in because her high school is in town but and interacting with the with the wildness and the woods and <sighs> yeah how about um how about uh, television. You you don't have television, right? Correct. So for how many years were they not watching, you know, uh, public television and news and, and, you know, MTV and all that? They kind of missed it. Yeah, meaning, not that they missed it, that, right. you know, emotionally, but... Yeah. Yeah, it just, just wasn't part just of their lives. Over. Yeah, I mean, they had, you know, they had... Some friends, most of the, I mean, all their good friends didn't have television either, so it wasn't like being deprived, really. And they didn't find out, like, my older daughter, she when she went to college, she would watch television a lot because she had to catch up, <laughs> you know. Um, I don't think Sage had time when she was going to college. <laughs> she was so... Uh, uh, it does eat up a lot of time. Yeah. The average 
I mean, I don't know the statistic, but it seems to me the TV is on so much and sucking your attention and training the average person to just like, oh, a screen. Is there anything else about what community means to you that's important to mention? Um, well, what I've always loved about it is having other people around to, um, as role models and for the kids and for the other adults and me so you know just i like having more input around and people to play with and sing and more energy to do projects oh yeah it's hard when it's just the two of us and we're just like uh, <laughs> oh, when is this ever gonna get done you know whereas when you have a group of people you just plan a day and you just go do it and it's done and wow, yeah. it's pretty amazing when you know there's people who are kind of in tune with each other and it wasn't get a lot and it done. wasn't an app right you didn't like just download an app and <laughs> like, let's solve it that way right you yeah. actually use people power yeah yeah, yeah. and and right. consenting it's not people clicks. it's not like you didn't have to um you didn't have to coerce them right it, it's something we all want to do just two more questions, if you don't mind. Uh, what personal projects or collaborations are you presently excited about? Um, well, I'm excited about the bathhouse, because it's about time. Oh, what are and, you building there? Oh, just building uh, a space that has a tub and a, a really nice tub and a really nice shower that we don't have in the trailer that we've been in for many many years i see so wow. it'll be good that's great yeah and i think i heard something about a sauna too is that yeah that's gonna happen eventually if we could figure it out awesome um but other i mean there's a lot of other projects i'm involved in that aren't here on the land mm -hmm. because there's just the two of us now, so, mm, you know, I have other stuff going on. And then uh, the last one is, uh, how can we all realize more human happiness together? Mm. By being tolerant, oh. patient <laughs> with each other. Oh. Um, by just, like, enjoying the moment. Like every morning when I come out of my little cabin, which you haven't seen yet, mm. um, I have a bit of a walk to get here to the trailer to have breakfast. And I always take time to just, well, I sing a little song as I'm walking and then I stop and I listen. I listen to the birds. They're going crazy these days because it's spring. And um, I look around, you know, I spend a little time just just doing that before I move on and with the day. That sounds really so, happy. It's it's nice. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate being here because it's so. Yeah, it's a good place to be. Okay, thank you, thank you very much. Now this is an extra feature. <laughs> I'm deleting the question. What is good considering? to design a community because that's kind of the same thing as for me how can we realize more human happiness together mm -hmm. instead do you have a an exciting story or even a boring story of survival <laughs> survival 
survival. Home. Tell us about the bears. Oh, bears. Yeah. Tell us the story of the bears. Bears are awesome. Sorry, tell us whatever you want. Yeah. No, the bears are awesome. I once was, I, I once, this is a really long time ago, but I was walking over here and I was, I don't know why I was going to, about to go down the driveway and there was a bear just right there. Big, big California black bear. Which like on all brown. fours. No, it was standing up, actually. Oh my <laughs> it was standing up, and it was way bigger than me. But it was awesome. You know, it turned around. Oh. They, they're they scared works. of people. Okay. Yeah. The, the mother and the cubs on the porch. Oh, my goodness. You tell that one. Oh. That's the voice of Janie's husband. Yeah, I was standing here, you know, in the... The, the mother bear was going there with the two cubs, and one of the cubs came up on the porch and got to the end, and so, you know, looking at it, and finally it found its way down, and it went off, so it was, it was wow. pretty special. How come I didn't know that? Right there in your front door. I don't, I yeah. don't remember that story at all. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. We've had a, a, a baby, a young cub come through, through the window. Oh, oh and a gosh. really, a really cute yeah. bear story was, you know, here in the summer it gets very hot, hot and dry right so we have this tank did you see the tank over there it has a bunch of goldfish in it yes yes okay with the, right. like the ladder in it yeah it's like a weird thing because we used to have the kids had turtles at one point so we put the structure in there so they could be on the science, 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 project. science project right <laughs> anyway that was a long time ago too but um so I was sitting, I was sitting at the table here in the trailer, and I was sitting like where you were. And all of a sudden, I look up, and this bear, <laughs> this young bear, had just plopped into the tank because it was really hot out. It was like ah, oh. the bear was just sitting there. Ah, oh. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that was that was really great. I took a few photos of it. Oh my god! And then we That's we awesome. tried chasing it out. Because it's not good to have them you know, just hanging yeah. around. So we chased it out. It didn't want to go anywhere. And then it, it went around the back of the trailer. And then it climbed right up this madrone tree in the front. At, like, so like raining. Because it was totally soggy. <laughs> it didn't want to go anywhere. That was, that was fun. Great suggestion. Bears. Great story. Bears. Thank you so much. Stories, Thank you, yeah. Janie. Thanks for sharing.
can. Can, everyone. That was the song Hallelujah by Can, from one of my all-time favorite eras of the Krautrock band, namely the very early 1970s. The albums Tago Mago and Ege Bamyasi are, to me, masterpieces of noise and rhythm. It ends just that abruptly after 18 minutes of beats from Jackie Libizit's European free jazz-inspired rhythm. You can almost hear an African sound distorted through mountains of ashes, industrial rust, and lyrics that sound a bit like advice you're passing on to a magical homeless person based on dreams, or possibly a dream about a vagabond yelling at you while making noise with metal scraps. But definitely a searching and yearning and possibly dangerous levels of drug use. But then again, I have the strange skill of deeply listening to Can without the use of any hallucinogenic, narcotic, or other substances. Though chocolate and tea will do me. Which is interesting, since Damo Suzuki's poetic opening lyrics explicitly mention using the inside of a snowman's head for his recording studio. Just saying. It's always felt cheap to me to say that jazz and contemplative soundscapes must necessarily be explained as being caused by drugs. That's fine too, but also on the contrary, I find music to be something like a moving psychoactive phenomenon in itself. Can, at their most hypnotic and poetic, is better than any music I know to put me in a state of time travel, soul travel, reflection and even a pleasant anxiety. When people speak of the city having a pulse, they sometimes mean trance music or electronic modern dance music that moves people's bodies on the dance floor. But to me, an animated city's pulse really sounds like can. It is gritty, obsessive, with nature peering out of cracks. It is not just human. A city is artifice and humanity katamaried up in a bundle of sorrows and joys and longing. The city emotes of wasted people and hope, wandering the landscape doing shamanistic healing, good intentions spiraling down hair-clogged drains, and the framework ever-shifting, ever being moved along by the next person, be they slave, wage-slave, sellout, psycho, or fairy. There's a kind of sinister magic at work in the city, and like an electric current, it can silently suck you in and shake you up if you don't know how to ride it right. It's hard for me to speak of specific songs when I think of Can and what they do for me. I started with the 25-year anthology in my teen years and gradually gobbled up everything I could find as they sunk into my soul, uh, a very useful tool for navigating stress in the city which is what I mean by a pleasant anxiety, in the same way a food can be vaguely painful because of its spice, sourness, or acidity, and yet incredibly pleasing. So too does can sate a particular craving of my mind when it's feeling blasted or alienated by urban social and physical corrosion. When I recently discovered Can's 3-CD 2012 release called The Lost Tapes, it was like uncovering a stockpile of rich new flavors, Am I addicted to can? What is 
in this can? Am I licking an old crusty tin caked in dirt because I just can't get enough? Or is it like a childish whim? Is it bubblegum jazz shaped and colored like a sweaty gym sock to throw us off and make us reconsider everything? I'm not sure. The beauty isn't skin deep to me, but soul deep. What at first sounds chaotic is filled with feeling, and I'm not sure how they accomplished it, but they were certainly not just haphazard. There was study, concentration, and the struggles of artistic collaboration as there is in any group of artists, themselves motivated by something quite deep. They were certainly inspired by many, many experimental artists before and with them, such as Sun Ra and the founders of experimental jazz. Oh my gosh, Sun Ra. Another artist I adore. So yes, I guess I'm a can fan. Next time, let's chat with another human being and talk about more music. Thanks for listening.